one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hello and welcome to the Game Day podcast from TalkSport with me, Sam Matterface, the former Chelsea Benfica and West Ham left-back Scott Minto and TalkSport's chief football correspondent, Alex Crook. Coming up on the show today, Manchester United seal a deal for Rasmus Hoyland. What can we expect from the £70 million man who scored nine goals in Syria last season? Arsenal keen on Brentford's David Raya. Mm, Liverpool going to loan Mbappe. Nah. Oh, hold on. No, Chelsea are going to do a deal with PSG for Mbappe. How to dodge a spurious summer transfer headline. Sheffield United fans are fearing the worst after their star man, Iliman Njai, departs for France. We'll round off the best of the pre-season action here. And our two clubs in focus today are the champions Manchester City and Nottingham Forest. It's all on the Game Day podcast from TalkSport. Whoa, hello, Alex Crook. You are right there? Yeah, good. How are we? Good weekend, lovely, everybody. Lo- lovely to see you. Lovely to see you. But more importantly, welcome back to the one and only Scott Minto. Looking delicious as ever, having sunned himself in Ibiza, Mallorca, half of the Iberian continent. How are you? Everything, everything okay? No, I'm good. Thank you, mate. I have missed you. Um, yeah, it was Ibiza and then a, a cruise around the Greek Isles. So you've oh, got to sorry. Make, you've got to get it in now, haven't you? Before the season starts. Simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. Crook and I have been very busy this summer. Usually we would try and sort of um, get a little trip together to uh, a little port in the south of Portugal. However, that hasn't happened this year. Uh, We will do it again soon, I'm sure. Um, But we don't really have the resources of UX footballers or even some of the current guys who are now earning ridiculous amounts of money. And uh, as we start recording, we hear that Victor Osserman, who has just won the title in uh, Italy, is being offered a million dollars a week, or a million pounds a week, is it? Euros? One of the two. Anyway, a lot of money per week in the region of one million um, to join uh, the Saudi Pro League. A uh, £120 million bid has gone in uh, from uh, a club in Saudi Arabia. Will Napoli take it? Crook, this is not a startling deal because of what we've seen so far. But it's a huge deal, isn't it, for one of Europe's hottest properties? Well, I think that's the key point here, is obviously there's a a dearth of number nines around the globe. We're we're talking about Harry Kane. If he does go to Bayern Munich, who could Tottenham possibly replace him with? I'm sure Ossiman would be on their list of targets. I know Chelsea have actively explored a deal as well. Manchester United at, at one stage. If he snubs all that European interest, snubs the Italian champion, snubs the chance to play in the Champions League, to go to Saudi Arabia at the peak of his powers, that's quite a big statement, isn't it? It's a worrying sign for European football. A worrying sign for European football. And, you know, Eric Ten Hag was saying in an interview over the weekend, look, the Saudi Pro League and its sort of avalanche of, of players that are starting to drip out of Europe's leagues 
to go there is not affecting the Premier League spending power because the best players still want to go and play in that league. But this would signal a very big change. Yeah, yeah, it would. First of all, Sam, I can't believe you're comparing me to a modern day footballer, and especially one that just <laughs> had an offer of $1 million, euros, you, you, pounds, you look a million dollars, a Scott. You look, yeah. you're, you're in great nick. Yeah, you thank you. Thank you. Look, I mean, I, 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 I'm all for competition. You know, it, is it ideal? Of course, we want all the very best players to be involved in the Premier League, but you know, how greedy do we want to be? And if Victor Osman wants to take the cash rather than be involved in a, in a top Champions League team in Europe, well, you know, that that's down to him, really. I still, you know, Crookie is right. I think there has been a dearth of real top-class number nines, even though the, the way the football's going, it's almost like you're not a number nine anymore. You, you need to be a number 10 as well. But look, if he wants to go, and if other players wants to go, then that's an opportunity for other players to come in and, and do the business. That's That's the way I look at it. Yeah, uh, that is a good way of looking at it. And I suppose in, in one sense, Manchester United have managed to get their hands on a proper number nine. They have got hold of the Danish striker Rasmus Hoyland, £70 million transfer or more with a few bits and pieces added on. Let's find out what we can expect from the 20-year-old. 64 million pounds with eight million pounds of add-ons for someone who scored nine goals in Serie A last season. Immediately, you sit there and you think to yourself, hey, this is not necessarily a great deal. But, Alex, having spoken to people in Italy, and I spoke to Daniele Pizzichella on the Sunday session on Sunday, he was talking about this being a, a, a huge talent. And actually, getting £72 million eventually for this player was a very good deal. But he knows that it could have been even bigger this time next year because this player went into Atalanta. He was the fourth-choice striker at the beginning of the season. He established himself in the team, maybe with a little bit of luck because of injuries, etc., etc. But he's tall, he's powerful, he's quick, he knows how to hold the ball up. He's got things he needs to work on. His passing isn't as crisp as maybe it might need to be in the Premier League. And that's something that Eric Ten Hag has got to get out of him. But in terms of his ability to bring others into play, his, his ability to, to hold the ball up, his ability to run in behind, he is a modern-day striker in the making. But Manchester United are paying for potential here, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And it's a sea change from the way they've done business in previous years by paying decent wages and top dollar for what they perceived as ready-made superstars. That hasn't been a particularly successful route. So I'm not... I'm not negative about this signing. Like you, I've listened to people who, who have watched Hoyland on a regular basis. Kevin Hatchard spoke very well about him over the course of the weekend on Trans Europe Express as well. And he, he gave the impression that this could be a player ready-made for the Premier League. He's uh, very physical. He's got blistering pace. Yes, he needs to improve his aerial ability, probably needs to improve his finishing as well. But if you look at what Benny McCarthy did in that respect for Marcus Rashford, last season in terms of improving him inside the penalty area. I think this is quite an exciting addition for Manchester United. I think it's a sensible piece of business. Talk to me, Scott, because this is a club that have just signed a £900 million deal with Adidas, so they've got a little bit more coming into the ranks in terms of money. They do good commercial deals. They always have done at Manchester United. They've spent a lot of money on this player that is, as I've mentioned before, potential, but has got talent. There's no doubt about it. Watching him, listening to people that have spent time with him, 
He's got the right personality. He's got a bit of arrogance about him as well. And Manchester United have needed this sort of figure at the top of their formation. And even if he doesn't hit the ground running, he's not going to be like Haaland, even though the comparison is obviously going to be made because he's tall, he's blonde, he's Scandinavian, he's from a Nordic country. Um, ultimately, long story short, it might take a little while, but he, he's got the ability to end up being a big Premier League star. Yeah, and look, we might be comparing him to almost like a Darwin Nunez, and it's taken a little bit of time. He's got all the attributes there as well, and I believe he'll Nunez will come on stronger in his second season. So yeah. it might take a bit of time. Look, it, it is overpaid considering what he cost a year ago, of course. But this is Manchester United, and Manchester United sometimes have to overpay to get the right people in. So the bottom line is, has he got the ability to make Manchester United a better team? And actually what they should be doing is chasing the Premier League title. Now, there's a bit of a gamble there. We don't 100% know. But what we do know is he's got the potential. Look, it's one thing to go for £70 million to one club. It's another thing to go and wearing it in the Manchester United shirt. You know, that is a heavy, heavy shirt. One of the biggest clubs in the world where there's pressure on to try and get back to where they feel that they should belong and playing in front of 70,000, 80,000 week in, week out. But the bottom line is he has the potential. The question is, if he gets injured or if it doesn't really happen for him, what's going to happen to United then? It's almost like I feel they need another striker. And, and whether they'll get that or not, I'll, I'll go for that. Now, I'm not quite sure. But in terms of the, the, the money that they're paying, yes, they're overpaying. But the bottom line is, does he have the potential to make them better? And the answer is yes. Well, maybe the alternative is for, to play every now and again Rashford through the middle because ultimately they've got a player who has scored 30 goals in a season. They've got a player who, yeah, is more comfortable playing out wide on the left-hand side, but they've got players that can play out on the flank. Sancho can play out wide. Garnacho will emerge this season as a key player for Manchester United. I'm pretty sure about that. But when I look at their summer spending, Crook, I look at how much they spent on Anana. They wanted a new goalkeeper and Eric Ten Hag has got what he wanted. They wanted legs in midfield. They've got Mason Mount. They've got a new striker in Coyland. They're linked heavily with Amrabat and they may well get him. I think they should be fighting for the title. In fact, I think they will be fighting for the title this season. Do you? I think they'll be closer. Um, than they were. I think the positive is that by the time this podcast comes out on the 1st of August, they've got three players in, three of Ten Hag's top targets, Sonana, Mount and Hoyland pretty much through the door. Again, that's been a different way of doing business. We're used to Manchester United going late into the summer, maybe chasing unattainable targets in the case of Frankie de Jong, as they did last year. I think they've got a clear strategy. I think the players that were brought in last summer will be better having had a year in the Premier League. I know Gabby Agbonlahor is a real critic of Anthony, has a pop at every opportunity. I think he might surprise a few people and maybe make Gabby those words this season. I think Ganacho has got a big year ahead of him. I think if Iran can stay fit, then his partnership with Martinez will improve. So this is this is the best fettle, I think, that Manchester United have been in since Sir Alex Ferguson left. So I, I can understand why you... Okay, okay. so let me ask you this question then. Let me ask you this question then. So if they do end up fighting for the title this year, will it be the Glazers' fault? <laughs> we, we had this debate on Weiss and Jordan on Monday. Liverpool fan Carl Robinson loved it. I'm not going to repeat it. Manchester United fans have their views of the Glazers. That won't change if they're fighting for the title or not. But in Eric Ten Hag, they've got a manager who I think can deliver success. Little ball look, genius, look, little ball genius. 
Absolutely. And uh, without delving too deep into the Glazers, and I understand what Real Man U fans are coming from, because I, I said even at the start of the summer, and, and you weren't quite sure what's going to happen with the takeover or not, this is Manchester United. They're going to be signing hundreds of millions of pounds worth of deals. So the budget should be there, whatever happens. The Glazers yeah. have neglected Old Trafford. They've neglected, they haven't really put the money in that others have. No so, doubt but about that, that. Yeah, no doubt about it. So that, that, that's a separate thing. But in terms of on the pitch, I still think they need a centre-half as cover. Uh, I think Harry Maguire has to go. I don't know whether he's going to or not. I mean, you know, he'll, he'll want the wages, but he's clearly not first choice, not even second, third choice. Uh, there, so I think for the good of his career, he needs to go. Lindelof, I think, is a good fourth choice centre half. You need another one that if one of the other two get injured. And I also like Amrabat a lot. I mean, not just what he did uh, with the World Cup. Sam, we were out in Prague, and I thought he was the best player in the pitch. I thought he ran the show in the Europa Conference final, but actually, West Ham found a way to win. So if they get him another centre half, they're title contenders. Interesting, isn't it? Because um, I think we spoke earlier in the week a bit about Andre Anana and how he would have an impact on the team. But he wasn't going to be an easy guy to get on with. And Eric Ten Hag knew that he was a little bit vocal when he signed him. He'd fallen out with him before at Ajax. If Harry Maguire is going to end up going out the door, maybe Andre Anana is going to be the one to push him out of it because he was seen lambasting Maguire on Sunday night. Some people felt it was a bit out of order for a new player to walk in and throw his weight around like that. What did you think, Crook? You're a big Manchester United fan. What did you make of it? I thought it was brilliant. You know, one of the criticisms I would have of David De Gea is that he didn't really have that personality on the pitch. He was seemingly accepting of mistakes happening in front of him and goals going in the back of the net. You want your goalkeeper to be angry when he concedes. Didn't do Peter Schmeichel any harm by rating Bruce and Pallister for all those years. So I'm not against it. It's unfortunate that Maguire is his first victim. I'm sure that's not deliberate from Anana. He obviously felt Maguire was at fault and he felt the freedom to express himself. But you've said it already. Ten Hag would have been prepared for this. They themselves have had crosswords in the past. One of the attractions with Anana, I use that word that I used a year ago with Aaron Ramsdale, two years ago, in fact, personality. Onana clearly has that and United need that. Sam, if, if you watch that incident again, it's not Harry Maguire that Anana should have been going for. Was it Christian Eriksen who was playing it into, into, into midfield? Because yeah. yeah, yeah. Maguire played it into him first and then whoever's on the touchline, there was a little ball that he tried to play a little bit that couple of seconds later. He should have done that first time. He gave it back to Maguire. Maguire gives it back to him, and then Ericsson loses the ball. So actually, Anana should have been having a go at Ericsson. But the bigger picture here is exactly what Crookie was saying. This is a Peter Smeichel in the making in terms of keeping his team on his toes, and that can only be a good thing because United, as good as David De Gea has been over the last decade or so in terms of shot stopping and winning Player of the Years, this is something as close to Smeichel as we've seen for a long time. Okay, uh, you talked about personality. Let's get the the latest from the rest of the transfer uh, window. Arsenal looking to replace Aaron Ramsdale. That doesn't chime with me, does it you? Oh, let's get into it. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Now look, I might be completely wrong here, but this story drops on Sunday afternoon. This is what happens. We get a text message in our little special breaking news group. We start having a little look at it. I text the boy here and I say to him, this isn't true. This smells dodgy to me. It smells dodgy to me for two reasons. One, Aaron Ramsdale had a good season last year. Two, Arsenal don't really want to spend this much money on David Raya, for example, a goalkeeper at this stage of a transfer window. He's going to be available for free next year. So if they want a backup goalkeeper, then maybe they might take him next year. But this summer, why are they going to spend their money on this when there are other areas of the field that they need someone? Plus, they've got Matt Turner, right? And Matt Turner, yeah, okay, he's been interested. Not in Forest, we're interested in him or whatever. But... He's a good goalkeeper and he's played very well for the United States of America. He, he's saved two penalties recently in a, in a gold cap match. He's, you know, he's well thought of and he actually didn't do too badly whenever he's been called upon by Mikel Arteta. So why this doesn't smell right to me. We had a little conversation about it and we're not convinced. This is one of those occasions, isn't it, where an agent or a club is putting a story into the domain to try and explore other interests because the, he wants to move, right? And at the start of the window, everyone was talking about David Ray and possibly going to Tottenham or whatever. But it didn't materialise. It all went very, very quiet. And they need to get his name circulating again. They need to get people talking about him again because he wants to go. Call me cynical, but I think that's what's happening here. Crook? I think there's a little bit more to it. i make you half right. What I would imagine has happened is that David Ray's agent has contacted Arsenal knowing they've had strong interest in the past, knowing there's a big connection because the goalkeeping coach at Arsenal fellow Spaniard, was at Brentford, tried to sign him before, and he's indicated to Arsenal, look, if you're still keen on David Raya, I think you can get him for cheaper than the £40 million that Brentford have been quoting because there isn't that much interest. I'm not sure how strong the Bayern Munich interest is. Tottenham have obviously moved on, and we know that Brentford have their valuation, but they're in a Harry Kane situation. He's out of contract at the end of the season, and he's available to leave on a free transfer. So I think it's unlikely they're going to get the 40 million quid. And I think Arsenal thought, you know what? We've liked him in the past. If we can get him at a reasonable price, maybe we might see this through and it will strengthen our goalkeeping really? department. I think, that, well, listen, I've spoken to people on, on 
all sides and people connected to Arsenal and they've not distanced themselves from it. So they they haven't suggested to me that they're being used uh, by an agent just to get out in the public domain. But as I say, I think you're probably half right, but I think there's a little bit more substance than maybe we thought on Sunday night. Scott, why, why, why would Arsenal want another goalkeeper? Sam, I don't see it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm in your camp. Uh, I don't get it. There's two number ones there. And, you know, Ramsdale, not only did he have a good season last season, he made a couple of mistakes, but he had some fantastic games. Um, but didn't he sign a new contract as well? Yeah, at the end yeah, of last yeah. season, yeah. So <laughs> he's just signed I, a brand new deal. It, it, would, it, would, it wouldn't make business sense, really, would it? I... I, I I don't get it on so many levels. You cannot have two number ones uh, at a football club, you know, and they're proper number ones as well. And while David Raya's stats are very good and, you know, are Arsenal going to be absolutely ruthless and say, well, we want the best, not just someone, you know, because the stats are better with, with David Raya than they are with Ramsdale. I, I'm not having it. Ramsdale's a really good goalkeeper. And I agree with you. You know, I've said all along, I think they need an out-and-out goal scorer. I don't, and, and the Kai Havertz money should have gone towards that. I don't think that's going to happen now. But that's what I would have done personally. But in terms of this thing, it's someone doing someone a favour somewhere. Yeah. Whiffy, whiffy and more whiffy. A bit like all the rumours linking Kylian Mbappe with a move to <laughs> Liverpool or Chelsea. Um, and, and again, these are we said it yesterday on the Sunday session or on Sunday on the Sunday session where we said we're not even going to entertain a discussion because we know that Liverpool are not going to sign this player. He doesn't fit how they want to play. They haven't got the money to be able to do this sort of deal. And then, you know, again today, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea was being mooted. Um, someone mentioned Tottenham. It took me a little <laughs> while to get up off the floor off that one. Because, um, <laughs> see, look, he's like, even he's laughing about it. I feel it. bad. I feel bad. You feel bad. That was out of order, please, what you just please. did there. You just, you know, we're not taking that out. That's definitely staying in. Right? No, that's fine. You just burst into. From, <laughs> just listen, burst. I'll get stick. I'll get stick from Spurs fans, but Spurs, Spurs fans know deep down that they'd be yeah. doing the same thing as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, this and that, this is another one, isn't it, Crook? It's it's another one that's been put about. It's the sort of PSG because they're trying to force him out. They're trying to get someone to buy it. It's almost like they're 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 uh, they're hawking him around now to try and get someone to take this guy and and save a little bit of face. We mentioned it last last week. He's going to sit there, laid back, hands behind his head. Yeah, I just wait here until someone drops a couple of gazillion in my account, and once that happens, I'll move on. He's not going anywhere until he either gets paid so much money that you know he'll never have to breathe on his own again, or he, he gets the move that he wants, which is to, to, to Real Madrid. Crook, is this true? Yes, I'm with you on that one. And uh, yeah, I was pretty quick to dismiss the Liverpool connection when it came out over the weekend. Then there were rumours on... Were you quick to dismiss the Tottenham one? How did you deal with that? Did you do what Scott did? <laughs> that wasn't even on my radar, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, so yeah, pretty much. And then the Chelsea stuff. Listen, I believe that Todd Bowley has spoken to the, the, the people at the top of Paris Saint-Germain. We know that he does that on a regular basis. But I don't believe that they've gone as far as discussing a move from Mbappe because Mbappe isn't interested in the Premier League. And, you know, maybe we have to accept that. He only wants to go to Real Madrid. The numbers it would take to get him, even by Chelsea's recent spending standards, are astronomical. So, yeah, I think it's a complete non-starter. It's a shame. I'd love to see him in the Premier League, but I can only see him in that white shirt yeah. of Real Madrid. Well, that's absolutely true. We would love to see him in this uh, in this league. We'd love to hit for him to play 
Premier League football week in, week out. But I don't think at this moment in time that is going to happen. Let's talk about some things that are going to happen. Sheffield United fans are now in a little bit of a panic, mm. and quite rightly so. And we covered this on the on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. We had Paul Heckingbottom with us talking about their problems in terms of money and budget and whatever. And they knew that it was going to be difficult for them this summer. It's been made more difficult. I had sent you a text message on the 15th of July telling you that I'd heard that Illuminin Njai would be going to Marseille. Now, he did a video recently in which he received the number 10 jersey from Billy Sharp and was all set to sign a new contract. But Crook, he's in the south of France, isn't he? Yeah, this is a disaster uh, for Paul Heckingbottom and Sheffield United, to be honest. I can understand why their fans are, are so angry, because you're right, it looked when you sent that text to me that maybe he might end up at Marseille. Then it looked like he was going to sign a new deal. As you said, they went as far as going to all that effort of creating you know, quite a fancy video to announce him signing a new contract. And then all of a sudden, he does join Marseille, the, the club, by all accounts, that he supported as a boy, clearly higher up in the food chain than... Sheffield United, but it's not ideal preparation, is it, for any team losing their best player, what, less than two weeks before the start of the season, especially for a newly promoted club. If there was any doubt about it, there isn't now. And it's a shame because I thought Bottom spoke well when, when we had him on. They're going to go down, Sheffield United, and they're going to go down without too much of a whimper, I would imagine. This is, this is a terrible situation for Paul Bottom, Scott. Do you know what? I really feel for him so much that it worries me that managers get clubs up into the Premier League, surprisingly so, or, you know, fantastic job they've done. And then 10, 15 games into the Premier League when they haven't been given any money in the summer, they've lost some of their best players and yet they're still expected to be mid-table and they lose their job. So I, I, I hope that Paul Hagenbottom, that doesn't happen to him. I hope the owner realises you know, what's going on here and the uphill battle he's got even more now. And look, the, the work between now and the end of the transfer window is going to be massive. I don't know what they've got in terms of, you know, players ready to come in, but I can't believe there'll be too many top quality players looking at Sheffield United, best player gone, already one of the favourites to go down, unless they've got some kind of relegation clause in their contract. So it's going to be tough for him. Good luck to Sheffield United. Um, a couple of weeks ago, is this, okay, let's go back to May. And if I had done this little round table and said, uh, I want a one word answer, just a club name. Harry Kane will start September playing in the shirt of, Scott, you would have said in May. In May, I'd have said United. Alex? Tottenham. I would have said Tottenham. In fact, I did say Tottenham. I did a video uh, in which I said exactly that. Now, on the first day of August, what are you saying, Scott? I don't, I don't know anymore. I don't know. It's not Help one word sir. answer. It's not one word answer, is it? Come on, think about Tottenham. it. Uh, Tottenham. Tottenham. Okay, uh, Alex. A one word answer. Uh, Alex has disappeared. Are you all right? <laughs> you trying to find Harry Kane? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one word answer. Tottenham. Oh, I'm going to go Bayern. Oh, I'm yeah. going to go Bayern. I'm going to go Bayern. There's no way that they would have had so much encouragement, surely, unless they were going to do a deal. Right, let's get stuck into some of the action on the pitch as a host of Premier League sides met in the USA over the weekend. Hey, Scott, have you got, uh, have you got the, uh, the, the replica? The replica of the trophy, the Summer Series trophy. Have you been holding it aloft? Have you? Have you? <laughs> Chelsea what? have won a trophy, mate. The inaugural Premier League Summer Series. Oh! Oh, ah, what a fantastic achievement. We'll be talking about this for years and years 
to come. A 2-0 victory over Fulham last night with uh, what can only be described as what I thought was somebody's children. I, 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 I mean, I mean Tiago Silva was there with, with, with loads of 15-year-olds just sort of parading around. I was like, wow, what's going on here? Um, but look, listen, one of the things I will say about um, Chelsea in pre-season that I have liked is the combination between Nkunku and Nicholas Jackson. They seem to have settled well. And I said to Crook last week, I am cautiously optimistic about what I've seen from Jackson in particular. But again, it's pre-season. We've said this on the on the podcast so many times. It doesn't really mean too much. No, it doesn't. I think even Mason Burstow started, didn't he? And he was in a Charlton shirt just over a year ago. So. Yes, I had to Google him. Yeah. Um, really pleased for him, obviously being former Charlton, having covered him as well. Uh, he's an out-and-out goal scorer, but he's got a long way to go. Anyway, um, Nkunku, I think, has been... Very, very good on in preseason. I think Jackson has been good. He's shown potential. He's shown that he's raw, but I think he's got, he's, he's definitely got something. Chuck Wameka, I think, is someone who I thought kind of, kind of. I think he's been brilliant in in preseason. Yeah. Well, they need someone in midfield, Chelsea, because of anyone well, Gallagher and Enzo. Absolutely, and I, I, I have a suspicion that Gallagher will not be. If you ask me the question, September the first, wearing a Chelsea shirt, I think he'll be somewhere else. Personally, someone's got to. <laughs> well. Exactly. So, and I think it's a, it's a lot to ask Chuck Mawaka to, to, to step it up and be that senior pro alongside Enzo Fernandez. And, you know, midfielders need to come in. The bottom line is, yes, am I, am I positive about how pre-season's gone? Yes. Uh, as Poch worked them hard and, and do they look like they're working towards a style? Yes. But you're absolutely right. You can't read too much into pre-season at the moment. And it's great to see Poch with a, a trophy. That's not giving Spurs fans a dig at all, I promise you. But, you know, look, it's Stop a good start. Stop having a go at Spurs. I'm saying it's not. I'm saying I'm not having a dig. Stop stop stirring the pot, like, will you? It sounded like a dig. But there's a, there's, a, there's a lot still that needs to happen at Chelsea before you consider them to be top four. And that's something they should be aiming for this season. Yeah, I think I might get the Summer Series um, trophy tattooed on my car <laughs> before the start of the season. It might be the only trophy that Chelsea win <laughs> in a while. You never know. Um, interestingly, Chelsea looks as if they're going to sign Axel de Sassi from uh, Monaco to strengthen their defence. They've agreed a deal uh, for him. So it looks like that one is going to go through. I think they probably needed to do that after the injury to Wesley. Uh, That'll be Chalibre out the door, though. Um, Another academy product. Mm. Yeah. So Sorry, are you, are you suggesting me for one second um, that uh, the roster of players uh, that Chelsea produced for their academy is being spread across the European continent uh, once again. I think I sent you a text with a list of six players that would leave this summer. And the only one that hasn't left yet, if Chalaba does go, is... Conor Gallagher. I, I, I think both of them will go, unfortunately. Well, let's get on the balance sheet. And we, we did a piece, didn't we, Sam, for the TalkSport website about this, about Chelsea selling off their, their crown jewels of the academy. It, it's, it's a poor look. It's a really poor look. And that, well, when did we write that? We wrote that probably what six six weeks Easily, ago, maybe like maybe, maybe weeks longer. Ago. Yeah. yeah, maybe more. Real shame, really. Um, but anyway, that's the way it's going. Unfortunately, listen, they won the summer series. It's all okay. Let's continue our countdown to the new campaign, looking at uh, Manchester City and Nottingham Forest. And um, I spent a little bit of time yesterday speaking to um, a Manchester City correspondent about this, and. Um, I think one of the things that sort of 
people expect from Manchester City is a marquee signing, right? And I think if they get Josco Gvardiol, then that will be a marquee signing. But they're not really interested in breaking transfer records or or getting someone that makes everybody you know t- sit up and take notice. But they're interested in making sure their squad is strengthened. And if they get Gvardiol, then they certainly strengthen the defence. I've been through the numbers and they've got a lot of competitions next year. And they've got what, 20 senior outfield players. And I'm not entirely sure that that's enough. I, I, I think with Mares going, with Walker still eyeing up the exit to go to, to Bayern Munich. Um, Bernardo Silva, I think they're trying to convince to stay now. But Gundogan. Gundogan's already gone, obviously. Mm. Laporte wants to leave because he doesn't get enough game time and he's not going to get any more game time if uh, Gvardiol comes through the door. And I think one of the reasons that that deal is dragging on for Gvardiol is because RB Leipzig are trying to push the price up. Manchester City are trying to ensure that it doesn't go too high because they won't uh, pay more than what they've decided they're going to pay for him. And they're keeping Laporte to make sure that they're not in a position where they are even lighter than they already are. Yeah, but Aki's had his injury problems. He never really plays a full season. Haaland, you got a lot of games out of him last campaign. He's never played that number of games before. You know, Kevin De Bruyne is getting on in years. You're only one or two injuries away from being in a situation where they look particularly light. Pep has said he, there will be stuff happening between now and the transfer window, but how much action do you think they will end up um, getting involved in, Crook? Not loads, I don't think. I mean, I think Guardiola is a fascinating one because we, we've got lots of case studies of where Man City have walked away from deals if they believe the price gets too high. They did it with Declan Rice as recently as a few weeks ago. They certainly did it with Harry Maguire and there are many others where they've decided not to overpay. Obviously, he really wants to make the move. Personal terms have already been agreed, so it depends how much he's willing to push it. But I've not heard of loads of names that Man City are looking at. And I wonder what it means to some of their younger players. I mean, Rico Lewis, I think we expected would have a lot of game time this season anyway. Cole Palmer, I know Brighton want to sign permanently. And maybe at one stage, it looked like City might be open to that. Is he now going to be a big beneficiary of, of all these departures? They're going to use that academy and, and put their faith in some of the younger players. I don't see them bringing in four or five players between now and September the 1st. Well, it was it was interesting because I, that was one of the questions that I posed to Sam Lee yesterday. And he said, no, he, he doesn't. He can't see that. He can't see some of those younger players stepping up and making the squad. Carl Palmer, I think, is slightly different. This guy played 20 games last season off the bench anyway. But he, we were talking about Sergio Gomez. And, you know, there was a shrug of the shoulders and that not good enough. It's not good, It's not going to work out for him. So you, you've got a sort of top tier of Manchester City player. You've got like then one or two that haven't really made the grade yet uh, that might do in the future. Gomez probably falls into that category. So does so does Perone, who they bought in in January. You've got the the likes of um, McAtee, who was on loan last year, and Doyle, who was on loan last year. Are they ready, really, to step into a Manchester City a team? Not sure that they are. Cole Palmer, I think, is of that grade, uh, who I think o- over time will think about, well, they'll think about increasing his his minutes but it will take time it won't be this season that he plays week in week out that's for sure I'm not sure that the the numbers are there Scott after a, a treble winning campaign which would have taken so much out of them I, I couldn't agree more Sam and look you know how much I, I think of Pep Guardiola and of Manchester City as well you know I've felt confident or almost confident the whole way through that they go on and, and win the title and, and what they did with the treble was Nothing short of sensational. So then, and and it's 
it, you know, again, I've talked about since World War Two, it's only happened four times now, and City have won three straight top flight titles. You know, this just doesn't happen. So to go again, you need one, you do need a, a little bit of a change of players because, you know, to ask those same players to go again, I think it's very difficult to do. But with only Kovacic only coming in, they need two or three senior, ready-made, top-class professionals because they've obviously got now the four tournaments plus the World Club Cup as well. And look, who am I to doubt Pep Guardiola? I will never doubt him. And they, 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 they want to. I'm sure players will come in. Cole Palmer, with all due respect to him, massive talent, but not ready for a first team, not in the Champions League and the Premier League to be a, a proper player. They've lost key players as well, I think. I think it's a big season for Phil Foden. I expect him to step up and, and really, you know, say, look, I'm going to be one of the main men now for City. But to ask Erling Haaland to score 50 odd goals again, you know, that, that's a very, very difficult thing to do. So at this moment in time, I'm not sure I see City winning the, the Premier League title. Are you ruling it out? Are you ruling out a Connect Four here? I, I'd never rule out Manchester City. We're looking City. for a headline, Scott. You know I'm, we want a big headline. No. Former Benfica left-back no, rules no. City out of title race. That's no. what we want for the 1st no. of August. No, no, you're not going to get that. But, oops. Oh, all right, okay. Don't beat up your uh, computer as a result of it. I mean, you know, try and, try and handle your anger. Even been the away computer for a little while. was saying, <laughs> even the computer was saying, don't go there, Scott. No, honestly, look, you know, I still think City, the team that finishes above City will win the title. But at this moment in time where you're asking these players to go again and go again and go again, and actually the squad on paper has got weaker than it was last season, at this moment in time, I don't see City winning it. Um, Alex, can you rule City out of the title? No, you'd be churlish to do that. Uh, I'm not sure Scott's completely done that, but I have uh, put up a video preview and I've gone for Arsenal to win the title. Um, have you? Just because of how close they were last season, because I think they've got greater squad depth now. I think Liverpool will be better as well with that midfield rejig. I think Manchester United will be stronger. I think this is genuinely, and I think I said it on last week's podcast, this is going to be a four-horse race for the championship, which is just what we need at a time when Saudi Arabia are threatening the Premier League. And I'll tell you the other bold prediction, and you'll say, Sam, well, nobody cares who wins the Community Shield. Arsenal are odds against to beat Man City in the Community Shield at Wembley. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's every chance that Arsenal could end up winning that. Hey, they may end up losing it if they don't uh, satisfy uh, their own... Um, needs because they haven't played particularly brilliantly, have they? I mean, the first couple of games of the pre-season, there was a couple of wobbles for them as well, especially against Manchester United, although they upped their uh, aggression output against uh, Barcelona, I hear, and Xavi didn't like it. Um, let's talk about Nottingham Forest very quickly. Uh, less of a chaotic summer for Nottingham Forest. In fact, when you look at Nottingham Forest this, this summer, one of the things that is probably standing out is the fact that no one's really talking about them. <laughs> and when you think that all we did last year was just basically every other day announce a new deal for some new player that was coming in. Um, it was, it's been pretty quiet and I think that will benefit them over the course of the early part of the season. But the two deals they want to do um, were with Manchester United. They wanted Anthony Alanga. They've got him. That's done. Dean Henderson, that deal is stalling. Why? Well, because they want to take him on loan with an obligation to buy him and Manchester United need that money as soon as possible to help their own balance sheet, their own FFP situation and their own spending. So I think at the moment, United have said, well, yeah, we'll do that deal, but we need the money guaranteed in January um, because then, of course, it appears on the same season's accounts and then it might help them push 
ahead with a move for Sofian Amrabat, who really wants to go to Old Trafford, I can tell you that for sure. Um, so I still think this Henderson deal will get done. Obviously, again, to go back to your cynicism right at the start of the pod, Matt Turner linked with Nottingham Forest at the weekend, sort of domino effect of a potential move for David Raya. I'd imagine that's an attempt by Forest to put some pressure on United as well. Mm, yes, I thought the same thing. Um, Forest fans getting a little bit nervous, Scott, about their pre-season results because they've only managed to beat Notts County and Levante. I know that pre-seasons don't, don't really matter, but surely it would be a little bit helpful if they had a little bit of form going into the new season. They, they've got a tough opening fixture. Yeah, but don't forget, you know, Morgan Gibbs-White, he's off, isn't he, still at the moment, yeah. hasn't played, and, and Brendan Johnson's been injured as well. I think they've looked solid defensively in, in pre-season. I think what they need to do really is, we, we I mean, they were the lowest in terms of average possession in, in the Premier League last season, and you can't keep on giving the ball away and expect it to counter-attack and use pace and win games. So I think Steve Cooper's looking to try and retain possession a little bit better, but you know, if you're expecting 50% plus per game, that's that's not going to happen. So they need to retain the ball better. I think it, it looks like in pre-season, Ryan Yates has got a little bit further forward and he's talked about that. You know, he had his injury problems and was ill as well last season, but it looks like he could be a good player. I think with the two players that's, that, that have coming back, you know, you're talking about Johnson and Gibbs-White, you've also got Elanga in there. You've got danger, you've got goals, you've got pace. And that's what uh, defenders hate. So while... Maybe on paper, pre-season hasn't gone as well as they would have expected. Defensively, they look strong and they've got attacking players to come back in. Yeah, and they'll hope that Awanyi uh, ends up uh, finishing, uh, starting the season as he finished last season, which was with uh, a hatful of goals. Uh, Crook, I know you're very, very busy because you're so busy. Why don't you just tell <laughs> us what you're doing? Uh, for the rest of the week because you're so busy so just so damn busy well I'm, I'm currently trying to ascertain <laughs> Chelsea's offer for Robert Sanchez whether that's a permanent deal or a loan deal but an offer has gone in uh, hey do you know what though with Robert Sanchez made a massive mistake last night I was doing my fantasy Premier League draft I meant to press Jason Steele on my short list of goalkeepers I pressed Robert Sanchez and now I'm thinking he might end up at Chelsea and I might have won. <laughs> Do you know what? I was I was doing the draft with my lad, as you know, and I said, that's quite a clever move from Uncle Sam because he thinks Sanchez is going to go to Chelsea. Actually, you just pressed the wrong button. So uh, there you go. But the rest of the week, <laughs> not Uncle Sam, by the way, it was Godfather. <laughs> uh, I'm on with Jim uh, Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday. And we've got Gareth Southgate, I believe, coming into the studio on Friday to join us for an hour. Oh, that'd be good. Uh, that's it from us. Uh, from next week, we will be back to two podcasts a week and the resumption of the Premier League season. Um, but I must tell you this, um, you will no longer, after today, be able to search game day uh, because game day is uh, being moved to one side. We're giving you an all-new titled podcast from the, the beginning of next season. So look out for Premier League All Access. I don't think I'm going to get the job doing the voiceover, but... I'm sure someone with a much deeper and gruffer voice soon will. We'll see you then. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply.